We are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. Watching the markets? How's your blood pressure, right? Oh, 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 and that stress rash. Let me tell you, do not reach for your computer mouse. Do not. Instead, listen up. Darren Wirtz is here to remind you of the five worst investment mistakes you could make right now. Darren, this is not the time to be uh, doing any quick selling or buying, I don't think. Oh man, yeah, you could uh, you could very easily get burned. You got oh, one day where the market's up really big, another day where it's down really big. Yeah, you got to be real careful right now. Yeah, five mistakes, worst mistakes. What do you want to start with? Yeah, I wanted to bring this out to folks because these are actually some of the things I'm seeing with clients and or with with people who aren't clients but who are asking a lot of these questions. So we want to start here with the first big mistake and, and probably the most common one that I'm seeing, and that is panic selling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And the name says it all. We are dealing with a very tumultuous market. I mean, one of the most volatile markets we've had uh, since 08, maybe one of the most volatile markets we've had historically. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad out there. Uh, we've got an S&P 500 that's down over 20% on the year, a NASDAQ that's down 30%. And a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. Now I am- have time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is understandable. You know, people are very nervous. They're seeing all these moves in the market. And the truth of the matter is our money is very emotional. And that's just, that's just par for the course. <laughs> you know, my dad is a veteran. He's, he's been doing this for- Oh, 30, 40 years, right? And he's still watching the markets. You know, (laughs) you can't avoid it. So the first big mistake we want to avoid in a time like this is panic selling. Now, what does that mean? Well, the name says it all. It's where you panic and you sell everything. You know, this can be tempting, right? You see all this volatility. And I like to, you know, another name for this is a knee-jerk reaction, right? We see the markets going down and we we start to think that, oh boy, it's going down. I'm losing money. And some people, they want to pull everything out. Well, a couple of things to know about that. Number one, if you are hopefully diversified, not all your money is in the stock market. So hopefully you have other assets that are diversifying your portfolio. So keep that in mind. And the other thing, part of what makes it so difficult right now is it's not just the stock market that's down. It's the bond market that's yeah. down too. And commodities are down, you know, everything's down. The only thing that's really made money is oil, <laughs> you know, and energy stocks. And even those are starting to get hit more uh, here more recently. So <clears throat> we have to remember that it's only paper number. When you're looking at your, your investment values, you know, just understand that that's not a realized number. That's just what it says, right? That's just the value right now. You haven't lost any actual money until you sell. If you actually sell out of the market, you are 
locking in that loss, you know? And so that's what we want to try to avoid. We want to try to avoid making those knee jerk in the moment kind of decisions like that. And it's difficult. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say out of curiosity, do you see more panic selling when things start to get bad or do people say, Oh no, I'm high. I'm above this. I, I can, I can wait. I can tough it out. And then they start getting more and more nervous and they sell further in. Oh yeah. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Usually what we see in a market down in market sell off you know, the first 5%, maybe up to 10% people are okay. You know, they're like, okay, this is fine. I've dealt with these things before. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with this one. Then as it starts going down more, they start to panic more. We hit the 15%, we hit the 20%, and now people are really starting to freak out. And it's like, you know, well, wait a minute. We, we want to think logically about this. You know, it's important to stay calm in these situations. You know, I, okay, I was just, <laughs> I was funny. I was just looking at a LinkedIn post. Somebody said they had a 15-minute rule, you know, take 15, a 15-minute rule. If you're facing a, a difficult decision or you get a nasty email from somebody, take 15 minutes take a time out and then come back to it. Well, for me, that's 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I have the 24 hour rule. So if I get a nasty email, I, my rule is I do not respond for 24 hours. And that's good because it gives me time to calm down, collect my thoughts, rethink. And by the time that happens, usually I'm very calm. I have a totally different frame of mind. The same thing needs to happen with us when it comes to our investments. You're looking, okay, here's a rule that I use for myself. Number one, don't make any decisions about buying or selling during the trading day. Because, oh, that's good. Oh, man. Things can happen that are so crazy. I, we had, we've had days this year where the market was down like 3% middle of the day, and then it rebounded all the way back and ended positive. Right. You know, So don't do anything in the middle of the day. <laughs> Wait until the market's closed. Nothing's moving. Nothing's changing. If you're going to make a decision, Make that decision outside of the market. The other thing is, if you're looking, you know, you're sitting there, you've got your your E Trade account or whatever, or TD Ameritrade account up there, and you're thinking about clicking that button, and <laughs> selling everything. Uh, step back and take 24 hours and just reevaluate. I think that's a really, really good rule because our emotions get the best of us. It's the amygdala. It's that lizard brain. We we get this fight or flight response, and we think we're doing the right thing, but we have to understand, you know, even this craziness that's happening right now, these are normal events and it's not going to last forever. This isn't the first time the market has taken a tumble. It's not going to be the last. These things are common. You know, they're, they're painful. And, and every time they happen, right, we, we seem so struck by them. You know, they seem so crazy Surprise. to us. <laughs> yes. But, you know, the, the truth is these things happen and we shouldn't be so terribly surprised. And there's a lot of research that's been done about how our emotions get the best of us and cause us to make very bad decisions. Investor psychology is a very interesting thing to study because usually investors get out at the very bottom and they get back in at the very top. You know, back in December when the market was at all-time highs, people were wanting to invest. I had people coming to me left and right, trying to get into the market. They had this money sitting on the sidelines they wanted to put into the market. Where are those people now? <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, right? What you need to do is pretend you are already in cash. Okay. Pretend you've already sold. All your money is sitting in cash. 
and then decide what you're going to do. And what would you do right now? Well, what I would do is I would be a buyer right now. If I came to you last year when the market was at all-time highs and I said, hey, Patrice, I'm going to give you an opportunity to buy into this great market, but at a 25% discount. Mm -hmm. You'd be all over it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Part of that instinct when we want to panic sell and move everything to cash is we're trying to do what we wish we had done. And you can't change the past. So you need to make a new decision. Pretend you're in cash right now. What would you do? Stay in cash or get in? And you would get in because these are the times you want to buy. You want to buy when it's at a discount. Might it continue to go lower? Yeah, it might, you know, it might go lower, but we know that this is right here, a good area to get in, get invested. You know, this downtrend may continue, but at a certain point, we are going to see the bottom of it and things are going to start improving. So that's the first big one. Don't panic sell during right now, you know, one of these right. situations. <laughs> okay. Number two. So the second one is going to be very similar. Um, and that is making any kind of dramatic change to your strategy. So, you know, selling everything, that would be one change, but there are other changes, you know, and you shouldn't, you know, totally throw in the towel and decide you want to pursue a different type of strategy. This is not the time to do it when the market is in these real volatile periods. The other thing is there's a very interesting phenomenon when it comes to investing called the reversion to the mean. And it's very true. It's very powerful. Even the best strategies have periods of time where they underperform. Mm -hmm. And even the best you know, mutual funds have periods of time where they underperform. Typically, the outperformers, the strategies or funds that outperform, they may outperform this year. But then typically what happens is in subsequent years, they tend to underperform. Because everything reverts to a mean. It, it comes back to a more normal trajectory of growth. So what does this mean? If your strategy is underperforming, you might want to stick with it because it might start outperforming next year. <laughs> and if you're continually changing your strategy, continually chasing something that you think is better, you're never going to reap the rewards of what, you know, whatever strategy it is that you're in. So constantly changing puts gives you puts you at the risk of missing out. You don't want to miss out on those good periods. If you don't, you know, try to make it through some of the tough periods, you will never experience some of those rewarding periods. So don't panic sell and as a corollary, don't make dramatic changes to your strategy. All right. Now, number 3, I love this. Trying to outsmart the market. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there are people who think that they can outsmart this. Um, and, you know, you could get lucky, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, you might not. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're, as professionals, as professional uh, investment managers, you know, we are tweaking and adapting and making changes to our clients' portfolios. But we are doing that based on um, academic, research-based, uh, quantitative strategies, like, you know, real sophisticated data-driven models, you know, and, and we have a, a history of doing that. that that's what we've been doing. But a lot of people think during a time like this that they can ad hoc, tune into CNBC, read the tea leaves, and try to predict what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That is almost always a recipe for disaster. You know, once in a while, 
you do hear about people who made a crazy decision to get out just before 08 and then buy in at the very bottom. I got news for you. They got lucky. <laughs> yeah. And this is so hard because there are so many voices out there right now. There are so many people on TV, commentators and, um, and others trying to tell us what is going to work. You know, this is the bottom or the market's got further to go or, you know, I mean, there's so many prognosticators out there and every one of them has an opinion. I would just like to remind folks that uh, most of those opinions are incorrect and they're almost always wrong. <laughs> right. Here's an Tell example. You really feel. Tell us how you really feel, Darren. You know, not to pick on Goldman Sachs, but um, they had a prediction for the S&P 500 of like 5,000 something, maybe 5,100 or 5,200 for the S&P for its year end value. I think it's currently at um, 3,600 or something like that. I could be wrong. So it's currently at 3,600, right? They, they predicted 5,000 at the end of last year when things were all great and, you know, the market was hitting all time highs. Well, they just changed their prediction for the year end to 3,600. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more, you know, uh, <laughs> really? So, you know, every year the big wall street firms come out with these year end price targets for companies and for the S and P 500. And they're just numbers. They don't mean anything. They're not grounded in any kind of reality. Uh, it's best just to ignore them. You know, I try to tell people, remind people that people who are on TV, they're there to entertain you. They're there to sell advertisements, <laughs> They're not fiduciaries. They don't have your best interests at heart. They're not there to guide you. They're not trying to give you the best advice. You know, they might, maybe some of them have a, a good uh, motive. And I'm sure a lot of them do have good motives. And, and they really are trying to make good decisions and good predictions. But the thing is, predictions are just impossible. It's really not a, a good idea to try to predict where the market's going to go. And this can lead you to uh, some very difficult trouble because. You know, the market's down 20% and maybe you're, let's say you're all invested in the market, right? And you're experiencing that your portfolio is down 20%. You could make it better by trying to outsmart the market, but you could also make it worse. And that would be the real tragedy. And so one of the things that we have to remember is the market likes to bounce back and it likes to bounce back ferociously and it likes to bounce back unpredictably. And most often it is when the market is the most gloomy, when investors are the most dire, that that is when the market comes back. We call that in the investing world capitulation. It's when everyone has thrown in the towel. Everyone's thrown in the towel and they've given up. You know, sentiment is so bad. It's too bad, right? It, it's worse than it should be. And when that happens... We see buyers come back in and markets like to bounce and they like to bounce violently. So try not to, to outsmart the market, stick to a strategy, stick to your strategy. Consistency is the key here. Capitulation. I haven't heard that word since 2008, I think. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> when, when everybody was saying, oh, has the market capitulated yet? And uh -huh. everybody was waiting for it and suddenly... Well, it did eventually happen, but right, uh, yeah, that word was bandied about quite a bit. Everyone keeps wondering where it is. Is this it? Is this <laughs> right, it? Right, right. But like you said, sometimes the market bounces back only to drop again. We don't know where the bottom is. 
Yeah. We won't we know really until don't. it's not there anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. We won't know until it's already happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So your next point here, number four, buying a CD or annuity for safety. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to get some of these questions from a few folks. You know, we are seeing finally um, money market returns start to look attractive. You know, 2%, 2.5%. I think I saw a a CD, a one-year CD at 3%, 3 3.25%. I do believe I heard something about a 4% one too, which really blew me away. I don't know where it was. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I was like, ooh, are you kidding? And you know, let's see, my portfolio is down 20%. A 4% CD, that sounds pretty good, right? (laughs) Be very careful. I I know that seems attractive, 4% annuity, you know, but here's the thing. Even at 4%, you're still losing money on an inflation-adjusted basis. You know, we need to do better than 4%. If if inflation is 8%, as CPI suggests, then you're actually on a 4% money market or CD you are you are losing 4% in real value. So we need to do 8% or better. And how can you do 8% or better? Well, the market. And I know that sounds crazy, right? Because the market's down so much. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, you're suggesting that I should buy into the market? Well, yes, because actually, you know, you might do even better than that because when this market recovers and it will recover, what does it take to earn back 20%? It's more, you know, in order to earn back a, if if the market goes down 20%, in order to come back to break even, it needs a 25% return and it will get it, you know, so the climb back is going to be very rewarding. There is a lot of potential reward in that rebound. And if you're locked into a CD or an annuity for a year or longer, you could very easily miss that rebound. And that would be the most tragic thing. Because those rebounds don't happen very often. You know, that that kind of a surge back, you know, look at what happened in 2009. 2008 was terrible, but 2009 was incredible. The market had an absolutely incredible year. And granted, it was recovering. But if you look at it just by itself, it was off the page. And that's what very easily may happen again. You know, stocks often have double digit returns that are going to be able to outpace um, those, those CDs and money, money markets and annuities and things like that. So the other thing too, is let's say you're down 20%. If you took all your money out of the market and you put it in a 4% yielding money market or CD, how long would it take you to recoup? I mean, it'd take you at least five years or somewhere around there. I don't have my calculator, but around five years or so. That's a long time to recoup. Whereas if you get a really good year in the market, we get a really good rebound. It could be less than a year. It could very easily be a couple of months, you know, where that could, those losses could be erased and you don't want to miss those. So that's very important. And then this really does all come to point number five here, not being patient. Absolutely. Talk to me about that. You know, this really underlies all of it. We have to take a step back you know, stop checking your balances every five seconds, even every day, just try to ignore it, try to stay patient, try to remember what your timeframe is. You know, if you're young and you have several years, five to 10 years or longer before retirement, you really don't need to be terribly concerned because you have some time, especially if you're even younger, let's say you've got 
20 years. You know, market downturns can last for a while, but you know, we don't know how long that's going to be. And we want to remember that the market will rebound and we just have to stay patient in waiting for that rebound to occur. How do you convince people, though, Darren, to, to, to be patient? Yeah. You know, I think one of the most helpful things is maybe to look back at events in history. You know, we look back at 08, and we can see that it really was just two years, of two really nasty years, and then things started to recover and rebound. You know, so we need to look at that and, and realize that with all the doom and gloom that's out there, Markets have rebounded from some very difficult situations. Think back to 08, right? At that time, people thought that the entire banking system was going yes. under. Yes. I mean, that's right. Talk about a, a, a terrible thing, right? And somehow we, we came out of that. We recovered. It took a few years, but things did recover. All those losses were recovered. I even like to look at the Great Depression. You know, um, think about World War II and think about the Cold War and just think about some of the crazy things that our world has been through. And markets have survived. The economy has managed to survive through all of these things. We're not, this is not World War II right now. This is not the great financial crisis right now. There have been worse things that have happened. <laughs> so it's important to remember that and to have a, a broader perspective on things and, and keep things in perspective. Right now is all behavioral. Has the value of the economy, has the value of everything changed really that dramatically? You know, as has the true value of all the companies in the United States gone down 20%? I mean, think about it, right? This is just a reaction to fear. And what are people afraid of? Well, you know, they're afraid of, well, losing money. And right now the Fed is raising interest rates and that's causing a lot of angst and, and that just builds on itself. So it's very emotional. There's a lot of emotion driving what's happening in the market. And we have to try to not allow that emotion to affect us. All that having been said, Darren, what is it that you do to help your clients during times like these? So at, at our firm, we have a number of actively managed strategies. And I hesitate to use the word strategies. because I'll, I'll explain why in a second here. But basically five different strategies that we use. Now, e these strategies are tactical. So, you know, there's basically two ways you can invest a buy and hold strategy. You know, you put X percent in equities, X percent in bonds. That's an oversimplification, but, you know, you set it up your pie chart and you kind of stick with it, you know, and that's not a terrible way to go. You know, that can work just fine. But with at our firm, what we've discovered is that there are some strategies that can help us to try to navigate these kinds of situations. Um, our goal for our clients is to try to minimize that drawdown, that, that, that downside risk as much as we can and try to capture as much of the upside as we can. So a tactical strategy is one where we will reduce our risk level as things are starting to decline and as those negative trends are starting to emerge, 
to try to avoid some of that downturn or as much of that downturn as we can. Uh, it's not a perfect system, but if we can shield our clients from some of the losses, that could actually um, end up being a very nice bonus mm -hmm. you know, down the road because that, that means that we can get in maybe on the recovery side and, and that can lead to outperformance. So then when things are in a positive trend, then we will increase our risk exposure, increase our stock holdings to try to gain as much of that positive trend as we can. One of the things that <clears throat> is true about markets is markets do often trend. We have negative trends. We have positive trends. Right now, we're in a very negative, you know, this is a negative trend, you know, if you, in case you're wondering what one looks like. Um <laughs> The, the thing that's hard about a strategy like this is it sounds great, right? But here's the thing. These strategies aren't perfect. And that's something that you have to remember. Uh, they're not going to get it right every single time. We're not going to miss every single you know, downturn. We're not going to miss all of the losses. You know That's impossible. But we want to try to navigate it as best we can. And the other thing is you can't do this just based, maybe if you're a genius, you can, but I can't, you know, I, I can't do this for my clients just based on my own intuition and my own looking at the data. I can't. So our strategies are, they're rules-based. So they have very specific rules that they follow. And those rules are quantitative, which means they are driven by specific data. Uh, they're numerical mathematical rules. What I love about the strategies that we use is it removes all the guesswork. So the strategies, uh, and I like to call them systems, actually, the systems that we use, because that, I like that term better because it describes what we're doing. It is a system, a system where we decide how we're going to shift how we're invested. What I love about it is it takes out the guesswork because it's very specific. It's rules-based. It's quantitative. You know, you can't argue ones and zeros. You know, you can't argue with numbers. Mm -hmm. It's very specific. Um, and for me as an advisor, that just takes a lot of stress off of my plate because I don't have to sit there and worry about what we're going to do. The other key is consistency, because like I said, they don't work all the time. That's why we have several different multiple strategies that we use that we follow and combine together for our clients. But that's true with anything. You know, it's important to have consistency in what you're doing. If that is more of a buy and hold strategy, then you need to be consistent with the buy and hold philosophy. So uh, we like our system. Our, we designed our system really because we looked at 08 and we thought even like a 60-40 portfolio, 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds, uh, which would be more of a moderate risk kind of portfolio, really took a major dive in 08. And a lot of our clients are getting closer to retirement. So we needed a system that could do two things at once, try to give them some risk management, uh, but also generate some healthy returns. And so that's what the goal is there. So if you want to learn more about how those strategies work, I'd be happy to uh, give you a tour. And how can they reach you? Uh, best way to reach me is go to our website at is thelawyermillionaire.com. And if you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a link where you can schedule a meeting with me right there. And the book, your book, The Lawyer Millionaire, how are we doing there? 
Yes, the book is out. It's selling. In the book, we do discuss uh, some of these strategies. So uh, how you can DIY it. So how you could set up a strategy for yourself, uh, keeping in mind risk and balancing the right level of risk with a, de a desired rate of return. So there's a lot of that in there. Uh, but if you want some professional help, uh, maybe something a little bit more sophisticated, uh, then you can talk to me as well. All right, Darren, thank you so much. And all listeners, if you need this information, if you'd like to get more information, follow the podcast to know when new episodes are ready for you. And of course, share with colleagues and friends. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances.